Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall here filling in for Chris Ann. Don't forget, you can listen to the show uh, from the website. You can go to the website, download the show on your phone if you want to listen to it uh, at your leisure or leisure, if you like the British pronunciation. Uh, You can also check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, uh, several other places. And you can also go to the website. You can watch uh, the show on YouTube and see us live when we we, uh, are on screen. Um, I, I think you can find it on Roku. There's a Roku channel out there that has the, uh, the videos uh, of the radio show. And uh, so don't forget to go to the website, check that out. And remember, LFU, uh, Liberty First University, you can find at the website, libertyfirstuniversity.com or chrisannhall.com. You'll see in the, the menu section there, there's a uh, place you can click to switch over to Liberty First University and uh, get equipped educated, uh, inspired, uh, you know, be able to be able to defend liberty, be able to defend to ar- be able to argue with uh, with the leftists and statists and and uh, have the arguments to shoot down the propaganda. LibertyFirstUniversity.com. And of course, while you're there, check out uh, we got some cool T-shirts. We got the uh, socialism socialist T-shirt that uh, talks about some of the the atrocities listed on the back, some of the numbers of, uh, you know, what kind of toll socialism has taken in the world since, since it's on the rise. And uh, it's funny, Politico, Politico thinks it shouldn't be talked about. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. Why are we talking about socialism and, uh, you know, some sort of propaganda campaign by the Trump administration to, uh, to stir up fear talking about socialism? I, Politico's you know, one of those weird publications, you, you have to scratch your head when they come out with some of this stuff. Like, where where are you? What are you, are, are you not looking at what's going on, looking at the the uh, 2020 card of uh, presidential candidates for the Democrat Party? It's all they talk about is socialism, and it's this competition to see who's the biggest socialist. Now, Joe Biden is talking about running for president and he's you know he's pitching himself as I'm I'm more left than the rest of them. Of course they use the word progressive cuz that's a euphemism that makes it sound nice. We're making progress. By the way, that was you talk about progress that that label progressive for uh, for communists and socialists and leftist statists it the it you know it com- really comes from uh, the Russians sloganeering, the Soviets sloganeering, one of their uh, their slogans was period or forward or pr- 
progress, making progress. So, uh, you know, so they, I mean, it's really if you know the history and you're familiar with that sloganeering, you, you realize it's it's not uh, necessarily a break from their Soviet roots, actually using the same terminology uh, that the Soviets used in their propaganda. So you can find the, the shirt on uh, socialism there, the socialist uh, socialist suck t-shirt at uh, chrisanhall.com. Go to the shop and you can click on Liberty First Gear to take you over to Teespring where we sell those shirts. You get mugs like that and uh, phone covers and what have you. But the cool thing about this, uh, we were watching the Hayes Brothers Actually, watching a YouTube live yesterday as they were doing it, and and you know they were talking about some talking about the shirts they happened to be wearing, the Christmas Attic shirts, uh, and uh, I think it was uh, Joel that said, you know, you you the shirt does the educating for you. It's got the info on the back, and it just it can speak for you because uh, you know it's the idea is educate. Don't just pontificate. Educate. Don't just you know run your mouth. And uh, we have. Uh, Second Amendment shirt, right? To keep and bear arms shirt there. And um, the, the, the front of it, you know, kind of puts it, really goes right to what it's about, right? Just like Second Amendment says, being necessary to the security of a free state. That's what it's about. It's not, hey, I got to have these so I can go hunting. Or I got to have these in case a bad guy comes to my door. Yeah, you can use it for all of that. But that's not its purpose. There's a difference between the use of firearms in America and what the purpose of having them is in America. The purpose was to resist tyranny for being necessary to the security of a free, to remain free, a free state, to remain free, to fight off tyranny if it came to that. That's the purpose. That's different than the potential uses. You can go hunting. You can fight bad guys. No problem. Not the same as its purpose. And uh, you can also find our freedom plus morality equals liberty shirt. Got a quote there from Thomas Jefferson explaining that concept. And, uh, you know, so all, all, all of the things that the Democrat presidential candidates oppose. Liberty. Right to keep and bear arms. Free speech. Your freedom from despotic rule and despotic system of socialism. And, uh, of course, I was noticing CNN has a poll. Now, they're, they're, I, they, I guess they want, to, they want to show you that the, Trump is a weak candidate. You know, things might be collapsing and breaking up. Um, I don't think that's the case. Now, now that's not a, that's not you know endorsement of uh, supporting everything that he does. But I mean, in the sense of can this guy win? I mean, he has unbelievable support with the people who who like him. But uh, CNN's putting forth this uh, this poll that says Iowa register Iowa Republicans forty uh, percent of them want a GOP challenger in in the primary or some kind of challenge, any kind of challenge in the primary. Uh, they could sneak a Democrat in the Republican primary. Oh, I guess we've done that, actually. Uh, I mean, they still have Kasich, 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 John Kasich from Ohio. That means, so you kind of, I guess you can sort of sneak a Democrat into the Republican primary. Nevertheless, they, they want a challenger. 
CNN wants a challenger, and they say 40% of Republicans in Iowa uh, want a challenger. Of course, it's, you know, it's always uh, focused on these sort of early primary states and the Iowa straw poll and all that sort of thing. So that's why, uh, that's why Iowa. Um, and, you know, it's supposed to be some early indication of how things are going to go. I don't think that's been the case for a very long time. But nevertheless, that's out there. So they want they want a primary challenger. I don't know who that would be. And I, I don't know uh, the usual suspects. I guess that's what who, whoever that was in the background, the usual suspects here. Uh, I don't know who that would be. We have uh, some some never Trumpers and, and uh, opponents of Trump from from the last primary race that that he beat up on including Kasich and and of course there's Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio you know the guys uh the guys who ran who are not qualified uh to run and so there are those guys um and, and that's probably just tick people off but anyway they're not natural born natural born citizens that's still a requirement but we don't, I mean that's it's really not a thing so I could have I probably could have included Arnold Schwarzenegger in there as well I mean you know let him run Jean-Claude Van Damme whatever uh, because we, we've you know Americans have kind of thrown that out of the window as far as natural born citizen it's like we don't care whoever whatever uh, and, and and nobody nobody oversees that the supervisor of elections they don't do their job so but anyway there there are those potentials um, I don't think I don't think either Cruz or Rubio would would do that because of the political stance that that they've taken. They've seen and they've seen the brutality of the Trump machine. You know, and you you oppose anything he does, man, you're going to get chewed up and spit out. So they were uh, now they're buds with Mr. Trump. So probably not Kasich. He 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 still hates Trump. So here's a guy that could run uh, Giuliani, even though he works for Trump. Everybody loves this guy. Um, you know, and then of course there's Howard Schultz, who's the CEO, the former CEO of Starbucks, who's also the owner of, uh, uh, the Seattle Supersonics when he, he wanted, uh, he wanted the city to buy him an arena and, and they wouldn't. And so he sold the Seattle Supersonics to Oklahoma City, who's now the OKC, Oklahoma City Thunder. But so there's that guy and, uh, he's almost... He's universally criticized. He's apparently going to run as an independent, um, and he's being criticized by the socialists because he's a billionaire. Um, he says, you know, okay, so I, uh, Schultz says, I thought that was the American dream. I'm, I'm successful. I came from, you know, I came from uh, the, the, the ghetto, basically, and uh, I'm a successful billionaire. I thought that was the American dream, and now I'm supposed to apologize to Elizabeth Warren for being successful, but that's the thing with these the the now the Democrat socialists, um, all this stuff that they're that they're running on this anti-rich, anti-money, anti-business, and so it's really an anti-success platform. And of course, they're all the useful idiots in, in this idea of oh, they're going to take all the money from the rich people and give it to me because they don't know. The history of Soviet Union. They don't know the history of China. They don't know the history of any other socialist country uh, in the universe. That the useful idiots don't get anything. There's always an, a class of elite, and this is the funny thing: the same people 
that they that they claim to hate, they're going to be the same people in charge. When you look at the Soviet Union, it wasn't all. I mean, yeah, they took they took the money from landowners and business owners and 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 from the so-called rich, the bourgeoisie, uh, but they didn't they didn't pass it out. You know, you know, you didn't give it to the poor, and now suddenly their situation is better off. No, it's a class of elite. Yeah, they confiscate the property, they confiscate the stuff, and then there's there's this wealthy elite class that suck off of the misery of everybody else. They have their dachas and townhouses and mansions and limousines, and they all have all that stuff. So you actually just sort of spread out the poverty even more and centralize the wealth to an even greater degree than what they complain about now. That's how socialism really works throughout history. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann. We're just uh, just chatting a little bit with you guys about the about socialism and about the uh, 2020 presidential campaign that's underway. I, I realize we're and this is what's bizarre. We're 20. If my math is right, I think we're still 20 months away, 19 or 20 months away from the 2020 presidential election, but it seems like uh, in, in the last decade or so, it just, it starts. In fact, it, it seems like it never starts, right? Because it never ends. It, it seems like we're always in an election. Election cycle is 365 days a year, every year. But for sure, for sure, the 2020 campaign is underway because we've had these candidates declare and out there running around. So we, we already we already have uh, have these guys on the scene. We we kind of know uh, bulk of the slate of the, the 2020 Democrats. There's Howard Schultz, the independent out there as far as uh, I get. I, I don't know how that would work. I, you know, independence. The two-party system controls everything. Kind of the non-two parties and the independents, you know, don't really get a real primary. I mean, they they just don't get any kind of play anyway. So uh, Schultz with all this baggage and all that stuff is probably non-factor anyway. So any independent candidate is going to be, you know, a, a non-factor at this point, I think considering where we still are with the two-party dominated system. And there's there's really, I mean... I appreciate the the third parties, the libertarian, the constitution, et cetera. Um, but we're still in that place where these two corporations control the system and nobody else really gets any play. I mean, you're, you're going to have to be, I mean, you're going to have to be a Donald Trump style, larger than life, charismatic, uh, you know, person that, that absolutely draws media attention like a black hole. Now, I mean, I don't think anybody's ever going to, rise to the level of Trump in, in his, uh, in, in that regard. But that seems like that's kind of how, what you have to be at this point to get any attention. And I think even almost with, even within 
the two party system. Certainly, certainly, you know, if you're competing against Trump, I mean, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have some kind of some kind of draw uh, to cancel out, you know, his his uh, the the gravity uh, of of the attraction that that he demands somehow. I just I mean, he just it's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. And uh, it scares a lot of people because, you know, that's a it's kind of a crazy thing what a guy could do with the following that he commands, kind of like Barack Obama. We saw the same thing. So this is this is becoming, you know, the norm. This is what you need. You're going to have to be this larger than life figure, this sort of charismatic. That's why people look at Beto O'Rourke. He's got a, he's got this weird draw. Um, I think he's a total loser and uh, a non-factor, but, you, you know, you almost can't use reason, particularly when you're looking at the Democrat candidates, because they don't vote reasonably. So, so they react to this kind of, even if the guy's an empty suit, they react to this sort of emotional, uh, charismatic draw. But, you know, in reality, I think we need to remember, particularly with the Trump, um, think back to, the, to Trump, President Trump's victory, it's really about the states. It's about winning the states. It's about the electoral college at this point until the Democrats get rid of the electoral college. Um, but it's about the electoral college. So this, uh, I don't know when this was, just a couple of days ago. Today's the 20th. It might have been yesterday, 21st to yesterday. Uh, Gillum was in Miami and talking to Andrew, Andrew Gillum, by the way, for, uh, mayor of uh, Tallahassee, uh, was running for governor in Florida, lost to... Uh, Ron DeSantis, and he's talking about launching. He was in Miami announcing a, their launch to register uh, voters and basically flip the state. And now Florida was already is already really at a razor thin margin, and of of going you know between red and blue. Let's just use those terms, and so. Gillum and Democrats obviously want to flip it blue. Now, we know the Republicans are out there. Their machine is out there doing voter registration as well. But um, so I, you know, I don't think the registration can be like can be the end all goal. We got to talk about uh, education. We got to we got to talk about informing and changing and giving giving people principles upon which they base their stance because registration party registration is fleeting so it goes deeper than that but i want to talk about that more when we get back can't learn the easy way you'll learn the hard way chris and hall she's liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann. We're talking about the 2020 election, I guess, is, 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 uh, seems to be the, the topic I've, I've kind of zeroed in on today. Um, not necessarily intentionally, but that's where we are. But I, I, I want to highlight this thing about Andrew Gillum and the Florida voter registration. I, I, you know, it seems like you know, people are really confident because, and I, I think to some extent, rightly so but but i just i waver back and forth because i so i look at the democrat field and i think these guys have moved so far left and they're competing to see how far and fast they can go left and so 
you kind of think uh, most of most of America is not is not for this stuff. I mean, you, you still see polls and you know see see this thing pretty consistently that people. Um, at least when people are informed about what socialism means, then, then they have a negative view of it. So, and it's funny, and of course this is one of the problems, the, the young college class are, are so ignorant. Obviously not all of them. Again, we've mentioned many, many times we meet the Liberty Millennials that are, that are smart and out there um, you know, fighting back. But so many of the, the left-leaning group in in the college age kids are so incredibly ignorant and and they, uh, they you know they have no depth of knowledge and so when they're polled yeah we like socialism we're for socialism and socialism is, is good well then when you frame it in you know actual words and meaning not just the label so we're for socialism and socialism is good when you start you know actually defining it then they say, no, I, I don't want that, you know. So they, uh, these pollsters kind of formulate these polls and they ask them, you like your favor socialism? Oh, yeah. And then they say, well, do you favor, uh, you know, this X, Y, and Z actually in, in real practical terms of how things play out, how they work, which is, you know, what they're describing is socialism, but in practical terms. And then the same kids that say we support socialism, they say, no, no, we don't support that. So they, in fact support this romanticized uh, propaganda version, uh, this sloganeering of socialism, and, it, and usually framed in this what's fair. So this seems fair to them. It's not fair. So it's a very juvenile, you know, really immature sort of view of the world, and that's what they tap into. But then when you get them thinking, many of them, not all of them, some of them are just hopeless, but many of them, once you actually get into the nuts and bolts of it and they start to think, and move out of this romanticized, sloganeering, propaganda version of what they're fed, uh, then they come to their senses and they say, they say, you know, we're not for it. But that's the thing. That's why I said voter registration is not the, not, not the end, right? The end is we got to get the information that actually explains what socialism is, what it does, and what its effects are. I think Larry Kudlow uh, kind of talked you know, went off on this, uh, one of the Fox News business or whatever was talking about this, uh, that we, we have to, we have to lay out the case of socialism and then crucify it. You know, we have to put it on trial and convict it and be done with it. So that's the thing. And you're not going to be done with it because, because the schools are set up to continue to teach this and brainwash and, and, and crank out, you know, these slow, these useful idiots, uh, that say we want it. So it's a continual thing. Uh, until you somehow undo public education, but let me get—I want to get back to this thing about the states. Why this shouldn't be overlooked? So even though I think when you get down to it, people don't support socialism at, on the whole. Um, it's obviously more supported in in the in the young people, and I think that's primarily because they're ignorant and they're uh, they're brainwashed and propagandized. And I think you can get through to them by getting them informed, and that's another issue. Okay, but aside from that, I I don't think we need to underestimate the approach, the state level approach that Gillum is operating in, because we don't have that ignorance issue solved. We do have many people 
that buy into the sloganeering. And so all these guys have to do is go in and register them, get them to the polls, have them vote for something they don't understand, something that they think they want, and they think that's good for them, but that we know is not. And so this is very significant, and I think I, I don't think it should be just shrugged off because when you, I think even the Trump win bears this out. Look at what President Trump had to do to win the presidential election. And it was about winning at the state level. It was about, in fact, it was about winning particular states, what have become known as battleground states. And these things wobble, these places wobble back and forth on razor thin margins. You, you, you I kind of, I want to think about these states we call battleground states. I really, I don't mean to be offensive to listeners out there, but I think in my mind that, that says, okay, these are the most ignorant states. If you can weeble wobble back and forth on razor thin margins every election, we like socialism this election, then we don't like it. This, what is going on? What is wrong with states like mine, Florida? I mean, it's not so much weeble wobbled, but we're, uh, we're right on that razor thin edge. I mean, how, how can our state be this stupid and i you know i i think it shows a flaw in our approach and and how you know we failed to really target at the state and local level in in an intelligent way and we've talked about that for years and how our focus at national level and and i think it diffuses what we really need to do uh, on a local level because that's where it happens but but think about it President Trump had to take these handful of states, you know, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, you know, Florida's one of those. So there are these key states. So if the Democrats do this well and they flip these states and if Florida, for instance, on such a razor thin margin, this would be a significant flip if they could flip that in the 2020 campaign. And so even even as unbeatable as President Trump may look to some folks and as as utterly ridiculous as it may be to think that America, you know, would vote for a candidate like Elizabeth Warren or or some of these other socialists and and just reward them for competing uh, to see who can who can go the farthest left uh, as shocking as that may be for us because of the ignorance and because because this thing happens at a state level, I think it's a very real possibility. I, I don't think this next election is just a gimme, as I, as I hear some talking about it and dismissing these candidates. I think at the end of the day, it's not as much about the candidates as it is about the electorate and, and the positioning of that electorate on the state level as far as, remember, presidential election, electoral college. It's not about popular vote. So so it's not about the general opinion of Americans, okay? It's about how these states fall out on election day. That's what it's all about. So I think this news about Gillum and the voter registration is is really significant. Uh, And so there's got to be a counter. Somebody's got to take that seriously, and you better be uh, dealing with it on the other side. Because what these candidates are pushing is scary. You think about Washington Examiner reports that uh, Gillibrand, Gillibrand wants to uh, give benefits to to non citizens, 
to illegal immigrants, to non-citizens. And, and, and this is funny how she, she kind of starts it out. We need comprehensive immigration reform. Well, that's the same thing that Republicans are saying, right? So it's, oh, yeah, that sounds, everybody agrees with that. Or, yeah, we need comprehensive immigration reform. It's a mess. Absolutely. Yay. But her version of what she means by comprehensive immigration reform, she goes on to say, if you're in this country, you know, then you deserve all these benefits. You're paying this and you're paying that. You should pay into pay into Social Security, pay into the taxes and blah, 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 and, and get all these benefits. So you're entitled. So I, I listened to this and I thought, okay, the next step is, because, I mean, if, if, if the person, it's a non-citizen, they're here legally, and she's just describing a scenario where they do everything a citizen does. It's just like a citizen. So I think the next step, I think what we're going to hear, the conversation we are going to begin to hear that unfortunately coincides with the libertarian open border stance, many of the left-leaning libertarians with their open border stance. What we're going to hear is, well, what's the point of citizenship anyway? It, 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 really, it really doesn't mean anything. So I think we're going to, it won't be long before we hear one of these leftists come up and say, you know, the conversation we need to have, the question we need to be asking ourselves is, is what is the point of designating someone as a citizen and someone else as not a citizen? We all have these same needs. We're all in this together. We all face the same challenges, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I think that's what's coming because really in, in Gillibrand's scenario, what is the point? I mean, she she really erases all distinctions. There is no distinction. I mean, there's n nobody is an American or non-American, a citizen, non-citizen. We're we're just it's just it's just a place, and there's just people hanging out here, and and there's this you know there's this thing we call the government, and they hand stuff out and they give benefits, and you know everybody should be able to just come and dig in and enjoy. Now and can you now can you imagine a, a Gillibrand America? I mean, really, that that is no America because if there's no distinction between anybody that's here, I mean, there's no citizenship distinction. Then what what is what is a country distinction? Right? We're just we're just Earth. It's just the Earth, and then there are various spots on the Earth with dirt where people congregate, where Earthlings congregate, and you know just do things and we just share all together but but obviously there are distinctions so you can you can talk about the open borders and and you know no citizenship but america is not the same as venezuela america is not the same as mexico america is not the same as russia you know so people want to come here we see all these thousands. I mean, I, I, I looked at the numbers that, my goodness, that, that ICE is putting in various towns in the tens of thousands, rises to hundreds of thousands, just in, the, in, three, in a three-month span. The numbers were staggering who, how many uh, non-citizens that ICE is planting in cities around like 40,000 here, 30,000 here. 17,000 here, 15,000 here. In one city, just these numbers apply to individual cities, tens of thousands. And so can you imagine in Gillibrand's scenario where, hey, it doesn't matter, just come on in, get whatever. Imagine the numbers then as everybody from all over these third world dilapidated countries pour into America. 
now by the millions. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. This is J.C. Hall filling in for Chris Ann. So, so that's 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 the America. I don't even know what to call it. I mean, it's not even it's not America. That's the that that's the um, the dirt the the broad expanse of uh, soil upon which we congregate that Gillibrand uh, envisions. So she's saying there. No, no barriers, no boundaries, no restrictions. Everybody can get a handout. Everybody can get whatever, whatever they want. It doesn't matter who you are. Citizenship doesn't matter. So can, can you imagine, you know, she's in, in a, in a, in a Gillibrand, quote unquote, America, just, hey, we're just throwing the doors open and now it doesn't matter whether you're a citizen or not. Right, it's like blue light special at Kmart, and uh, man, you talk about a flood, an influx uh, of of epic proportions. That's why, that's why securing the border is going to be important, um, and I'm for securing the border. I, I'm I'm not I, I'm not in favor of the national emergency to do that, but I am in favor of doing that. I I think. Trump should just should have just ignored Congress and directed his executive agency and just went on and done it. Okay, but that's a different issue. But this border issue is not going to go away, and I think it's going to be highlighted uh, when you start hearing these things like like we hear from Gillibrand and and people start thinking about what what does that mean? What would that look like if? If we have this kind of America, and remember, all the rest of them—Booker, Harris, uh, Warren, Joe Biden—they're going to be competing to be to be even more extreme than than their competition. So I don't know. Maybe Joe Biden's going. Maybe Joe Biden says, "Yeah, you know, anybody who comes here doesn't matter if you're a citizen; you can get whatever." And we're we're gonna we're gonna uh, create a huge infrastructure project where we put people to work and build a a high-speed rail all the way down to the the very southern tip of south america and we just we just haul people straight into america that's that's my proposal because they're, they're going to compete to see who can be who can be the nuttiest leftist uh on the stage so that's kind of that's what we have in store for us uh, over the next 20 months and that's what's happening. I wanted to point out some other craziness. Speaking of speaking of speaking of crazy, so Good Morning Britain reports that a journalist has been accused of a hate crime after she misgendered a trans person on Twitter. Hate crimes have a maximum two-year prison sentence. So apparently. What was it called? The Malicious Communications Act of 1988. Uh, apparently, she's she's uh, violating by uh, calling. Uh, let's see. The person was transed into female, and 
she referred to to the person as he. And so then I think it was the mother of of the person she referred to. Now this is this is a grown a grown up. Okay, it's not like a kid. It's a grown up. But her mom uh actually filed a complaint with the police that this journalist referred to my now female daughter as he. And so that's a hate crime. And the police are investigating and uh, building a case for potential prosecution against this reporter who said he. Right? So he, now he is a hate crime. The pronoun he, to utter the pronoun he inappropriately is a hate crime. And also she could be a hate crime. So if you utter the pronoun she inappropriately, that is a hate crime. See, I, I, I mean, I'm not against these folks. I'm not, I, I don't hate homosexuals and transgenders and whatever. But the weaponizing of this, I mean, just, it's crazy, 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 crazy. So you're locked up for saying he. Man, does that make you want to move to the UK? Or is this what's coming in America? I always look at these places and these socialist-leaning places and these crazy places like this. You look at the UK and look at California and I always think, that's where we're headed. That's kind of our compass. So coming to America soon. He and she, the pronouns, are hate crimes. Careful with your pronouns out there, guys. God bless you. See you next time.